Hey everyone, Don Moyetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next, cleaning air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey everyone, welcome to the Swap Moto Live podcast. I'm Don Maeda and I've got uh, Jeremy Coker on the line who is the new team manager for the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha 450 squad. So I guess, first of all, Coker J, congratulations on the position, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a challenge, but I've really enjoyed the, the process so far. Mm -hmm. um, how did that come about? And like, when did you hear about the possibility? Because I mean, heck, when we first became buddies, you were a mechanic on the team, right? Or you were yeah, on Troy Lee. Yeah, I started as a mechanic on Troy Lee uh, for Tara Geiger and then worked for Christian and then uh, left Troy Lee and um, did a couple uh, Supercross season 5150 as a mechanic and then managed 5150 for Supercross season with Jake Canada. Um, and then I started at Star in the outdoor season of 2014 mm -hmm. as Anthony Rodriguez as mechanic. Um Went on from 2014, doing that outdoors, started in 2015 um, as the engine technician, and since then I've been the engine technician for Star. And then, uh, you know, between Brad, Will, myself, and Bobby, we've all kind of collectively managed the team mm -hmm. together um, from, you know, 16, 17, 18. So it's kind of always been somewhat of my position you know not necessarily the team manager we all kind of work collectively together as a group and then uh when we found out that we were going to take over the 450 squad brad approached me and said hey you know would you be interested in being the team manager for the 450 team and um you know obviously that's been my goal as where i'd want to be in you know my career and uh, so i jumped all over it i took mm -hmm. on the task Dude, that's, that's super cool. It's funny because, you know, when, you know, the rumors were out that you guys would be taking over the 450 team, I was like, man, you know, that's a lot of people to manage. <laughs> and then I heard, oh, Coker's the manager of the 450 team. I was like, psyched for you. But, uh, yeah. so are you based in Cyprus then? Yeah. So since October, I've been actually moved myself to Irvine and then, uh, been based out of cyprus mm -hmm. um that's where our 450 teams ran out of um it was just easier to you know keep the parts there and um keep the operation going as smooth and as same as it was you know without mm -hmm. making too big of drastic changes so that's what we're doing nice what was the uh toughest thing about assuming this position uh you know it hasn't been there hasn't been anything tough involved. Um, you know, 
I think that uh, there's been challenges, of mm. course. Um, you know, that the results haven't been there for this team the last few years. And so there's a lot of, uh, you know, naysayers and people saying, oh, it can't be done. You know, this, there's no results going to be allowed. You know, not possible on the Yamaha 450. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what, uh, you know, pushed me to want to do it even more is to prove people wrong yeah. and to uh, to go do it. And so, you know, the, the challenge has been the process to make this bike the best bike there is. And to show up at Houston and show people that it can be done. In your opinion, in the past, when the bike has not performed, the riders have not gotten along with it. What was the cause, or what was the main problem? You know, that's that's tough. Um, been asked that obviously multiple times since I've taken this position. Uh, you know, I don't think there was just one. You can't pinpoint it to one thing or say it was. You know, it was this for sure, or it was that for sure. I think it was a cumulative effort of a bunch of things that possibly went wrong and and a lot of it could have been the riders steering the the ship in the wrong direction and mm-hmm. the, they followed the the rider um so sometimes it comes to not allowing the rider to to steer the ship in the opposite direction of where you're trying to go so mm-hmm. that's been my biggest challenge and goal not necessarily a challenge you know it's been pretty simple but the goal is to keep the ship going towards the podium and not away from it yeah what uh what's the biggest difference with the machines now say versus last year or when you took control of the program there's not very many differences uh to be honest with you um you know all the specs that we're running now they've had before Mm -hmm. um i would just say that you know the specs that maybe we're on now weren't on one bike at the same time before you know maybe it was one thing here and one thing there but never brought together as a package um so we're not that far off you know our biggest goal coming into the season was shaving weight um Mm -hmm. you know obviously the 450 yamaha has been the heavier bike and we know that that's a big deal especially when you switch to 450 you know weight transfer of the motorcycle and so we've been lucky enough to shave quite a bit of weight off the bike um you know, when Aaron got on the bike, he goes, wow, I can't even really tell the difference between this and my 250 weight-wise. Right. And Dylan said the same thing. So, you know, it's been kind of good for us to have Aaron, um, being that he did ride last year's bike. So, you know, if it was just Malcolm and Dylan, we wouldn't really know, mm-hmm. you know, leading into the season, is the bike better? We'd be hoping. But with Aaron on the team, he can reconfirm it for us that, you know, we've we've done our homework, we've done a good job. Um, the bike is a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's handling really good. You know, we've been able to give it some more power um, and keep it handling well. How much lighter is it? Uh, it's quite a bit lighter. Five pounds? Yeah, I would say, I'd say we're we're past the five pound. Really? Yeah, we're past Can the five pound. Can you comment pounds. on how that was accomplished? Uh, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I can comment Um a lot of work a, a lot of uh work and it's it was a you know 20 small things that added up to be one big thing mm-hmm. um you know a lighter muffler a lighter this and you know nothing that we did was literally shaving weight off the motorcycle it was 
parts and pieces that added up that you can make that you can purchase and uh so that's what we did you know we just like put our head down and made stuff and turned steel brackets into aluminum brackets and um, stuff into tie and just, you know, months and months of, you know, before we even officially took over the team, we were already working on in the hopes that we were going to get the team. And so Brad and I are like, all right, let's, even if we don't end up getting it, who cares, but let's start now. Mm -hmm. So we're not behind when it does happen. And so it's months and months and months of, of you know a gram here an ounce here mm -hmm. but when you're all said and done we had no idea until we put it on the scale and we're like wow we uh <laughs> those ounces and grams added up so yeah. that that was our biggest thing leading into this season was a lighter more nimble motorcycle and i think we definitely accomplished it okay so you commented that uh aaron is a great asset right now because he can tell you the difference between last year's and this year's it's also got to be good because he's been on the team and so there's a good working relationship. You understand him. He understands the staff. Correct. I think that's another thing. You know, some writers, uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier, can steer the ship in the wrong direction. And Aaron may be one of them that he knows what he's talking about, but he may not know how to say it. Mm -hmm. And being that we had so much experience with him in the past, um, we were able to take what he's telling us and turn it positive yeah um so that's that you're correct that's one big thing for us even with dylan you know we've it's two guys that um we've worked with for a long period of time so it hasn't been a challenge and then with malcolm he's actually a very knowledgeable guy um definitely a different person you know he's a bigger guy compared to aaron and malcolm or mm -hmm. aaron and dylan so there was a little bit more of a challenge there um but I truly believe we succeeded. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, you know, obviously Dylan and Aaron were announced on the team, and Malcolm was kind of a surprise later on. Uh, how long was the Malcolm deal in the works, and why was it uh, delayed past the team announcement? Uh, Malcolm deals, you know, he obviously he's been training with Swanee for a few years now, and um, it's – been something that was talked about for a while it was just something that we had to you know we had to obviously first we, you know, we had aaron we had to secure dylan and then secure sponsorships in order to afford a third rider yeah. and find the right third rider you know it was a big thing to us to have three riders um you know lots of reasons one being that's one more bike on the track two being well, if you start with two guys, we all know how crazy this sport is. We could be going to the race with one guy. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another reason why. The other reason is being um, we all know that Malcolm Stewart is one of the best in the whoop sections. And um, clearly the bikes struggled in the whoops last year. So bringing him on board for that mm -hmm. was a big asset to, hey, if, if he can go through the whoops, <laughs> boys, it's not the bike. It's you. So yeah. Um, so that was another reason being behind it. And he's a podium threat all day long, and he can go win races. So in order to enable to get him, it was a huge asset for us. Now we're going into the season with three very, very good riders um, mm. that can all be, you know, on the podium at any given time. Yeah. The, the three guys you have are, you know, all well within the top ten, you know, 
I'd love to see all three of them win individually yeah, at separate sure. times, right? But uh, how's the chemistry between the three of them? It seems seems pretty fair. Oh, it's great. Uh, you know, Aaron, he'll get along with, you know, this wall that I'm looking at right here. He's <laughs> he, he can get along with anybody. Anybody can get along with them. You know, he's the greatest outgoing guy there is. Funny, loves to have fun. And then Malcolm loves to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan's a good guy. You know, they really all three – get along great you know mm-hmm. some people might think oh wow how it is dylan and and malcolm and aaron all you know doesn't seem like those two would get along with dylan well that's not true you know dylan's actually a people i think see him the wrong oh, they way completely so, misunderstand him he's super yeah cool. yeah he's yeah. actually a really down-to-earth guy who loves being over here and just wants to go ride his dirt bike that's all he cares about and uh you know sometimes people think well yeah that's all he cares about this he just wants to be over here and ride his dirt bike no he's he loves the sport so it's mm-hmm. really cool so i have three guys on my team that love riding dirt bikes and and they don't treat it like a job so that's pretty cool yeah how different are the three bikes um to be honest with you besides malcolm's being a little stiffer but of course <laughs> it's gonna have to be stiffer they are very identical i mean aaron's and Mal- uh, dylan's bikes are are matched really I mean, there's nothing different maybe a two or three clicks um and Malcolm's isn't far off. They're all based off the exact same spec, engine wise, hundred percent the same. Mm-hmm. Chassis wise, very, very, very close. So um, that's the other thing I'm I feel confident in is that I don't have three completely different machines. I have mm-hmm. three very close spikes going into the race season. So that makes me pretty comfortable that um, our setup's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dylan is a four fifty class rookie. He's coming into his first season on the big bike. I don't think anyone doubts his ability to get out there and mix it up right off the bat. Uh, why do you think some guys are so successful on 250s and never really make their mark in the 450 class? I think, you know, I think a lot of it's mental, to be honest with you. I mean, it, the 450 class even got in my head the other night when I sat here and I started writing names down and you go, holy crap, there's there's 15 guys in this class that that can win and so i think a lot of it is mental when you get into the 450 class and you look to your left and you look to your right and on each side of you you have five champions mm-hmm. um you know in the 250 class there's you show up and there could be one to five guys that can that can be on the podium and you show up here and, and like i said there's 15 guys that at any given time can be on the podium so when i think some people say like wow, that guy's really struggling. He's getting 10th. I mean, that 10th place is not easy to get. So, um, you know, to me, it's hard to define why people, you know, are so successful in 250s and then their first year possibly on a 450, they're not successful, as successful as people think they should be. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's just kind of how you – define it or how mentally strong you are coming into the season you know and i think with dylan he's probably one of the most mentally strong people there is and believes in himself and believes that going to houston that he can beat eli or kenny or whoever you know and i think that's more than half the battle is showing up and believing in yourself so that's that's i think it's more mental than it is anything Mm -hmm. okay on that note then we all know dylan's tremendously strong when it comes to his mental game right where do you have him where are your sights set for him finishing wise 
uh, for the season or for the first race? Season. Yeah. I mean, I, no doubt that uh, he's going to be a race winner. He's going to be on the podium multiple times. Um, am I expecting him to go out and win the championship the first season? Absolutely not. Uh, like I said, it this is not an easy class. You know, um, our goals and sights are set on let's let's be on the podium multiple times. Let's win some races. If if it's there, let's do it. Um, and let's consistently be in the top five. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a huge goal of ours um, and his. And but you know, as many people have probably told you and riders you've talked to, we could say what we want and we could say, "Man, we're prepared. We've done our homework. We've done everything we could possibly do." We don't know until we get to Houston. So, I think going into Houston, hey, let's go to Houston. Let's let's shoot for fifth, and then we'll know what we have to work on. Then we'll know where we're at. I mean, we'll probably even know after the first or second practice. All right, hey, mm-hmm. holy smokes, we're way off. Or all right, boys, we did a good job. So. Um, I think come Saturday we'll all know a little bit more, but going into Houston, I think all three of my guys are set in the top five. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer, and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble, and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails. Or if you want to go a bit further, longer and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, Being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota of Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-Shirt Printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team T-Shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaTshirtPrinters.com. Okay, so this, the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team is nine riders, right? All together. Nine professional riders. Yeah. Nine pro riders. It looks like a football team at times when you guys are all at the track at the same time. Does it get hard to manage or do you only have to concentrate on the three guys? Like, does it get distracting with everyone around and like, you know, they're relationships there and there's 
guys hanging out and this and that and joking around. No. You know, we were actually talking about this the other day. Brad and I were talking about it. You know, like a lot of, obviously, media outlets and people are, holy crap, you know, star racing is this, like, kind of like what you just said. It's a football team. It's yeah. 10 people. But it's, like we said at the beginning of the show, it's two different teams. One's yeah. ran out of Cyprus. One's ran out of Marietta. So if you really look at it, it's five 250 guys, same as Pro Circuit, and it's three 450 guys, same as Husqvarna. So it's just so happens to be both called star racing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes, we train together, we ride together, but no, it, it's not. You know, it, it is. Will Will Hahn manages the five or two fifty guys, and I manage yeah. the yeah, six, and I manage the three four fifty guys. Do we work together and help each other on both sides? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So the benefit of having three of us, not just me and Will, it's Brad too. Mm-hmm. Brad, Will, myself. Um. We all work together, and we work together great. And. Uh, when we go to the track, we all focus on on every rider. You know, the mm-hmm. more eyes we have on, you know, I'm watching 250 guys, he's watching 450 guys, Brad's watching them both. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it's not hard to manage it. And I think the more guys we have at the track, that for multiple reasons, it's better. The track gets beat up, so yeah. it's more like main event, um, and y- it helps you, I think, know where you are more mm-hmm. in speed wise. You know. Um, especially for our rookie 250 riders. I mean, it's a we have a lot of championships sitting out there on that track with mm-hmm. riders and, and veterans. And so, I mean, our rookies, Jarrett and Thrasher, and um, they are gaining some serious knowledge. Yeah. I mean, even the, the amateur guys, right, they're so lucky to have these teammates as a resource to learn from and train with. I yeah, no, they're beyond, beyond it, lucky. I mean, yeah, it's a huge... For, like like signing on the star amateur team is like the lottery, right? Yeah, it's it really is. It's it's. I think you know, you look at it like Levi Kitchen, Matt LeBlanc, Nick Romano. They're they're out there riding with Malcolm Stewart, mm-hmm. Dylan Ferrandis, Aaron Plessinger, Christian Craig. You know, I mean, they are riding with race winners, champions. Who else can say they get to do that? You yeah. know, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So. I think people in the know are aware that you and Christian are, are brothers, but uh, is it, or how is it being on the team and having your brother there too? I mean, you obviously worked together before at, you know, Troy Lee, but uh, I mean, how cool is it that he's on the team? Yeah, it's awesome. You know, obviously it was really cool working with him at Troy Lee too. It's a little tougher, I think. At that time, we were still living together, so living together, working together, you know, being his mechanic, and then going home with him, you know, telling me <laughs> stuff that day at riding, and then having to go home and see at the same house, just, yeah, it didn't work out, but, um, you know, ever since he came out of retirement, um, he, <laughs> I've actually been trying to get him on our team, you know, myself and Bobby have been pushing every year, you know, people might think, oh, he just left because of what happened, that's not true, I mean, We've been trying to sign Christian for whew, three years now, I think, and mm-hmm. just so happened it worked out this time. Um, but, you know, I've always – we've always wanted him on our team. Bobby's always believed in him, and I always truly believe that if I, we could get him on a solid program, training program more than anything, he's going to be unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And and lately, I truly believe he is going to be unbeatable. Yeah. Um, so it's awesome working with him. You know, at the track sometimes he knows after a moto if I come walking up to him, I'm going to 
shoot it straight. You know, I'm not going to, if he sucked, I'm going to tell him he sucked. If he did a great job, I'm telling him he did a great job. So he knows that he's going to get the truth out of me mm-hmm. and um, stuff's not going to be sugarcoated. So, you know, now being, yeah, I'm not directly his team manager, but in a roundabout way I am. Yeah. So he has to respect me a little bit, <laughs> but you know, in the same way I have to respect him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not new at this sport, but I'm going to push him and we're going to push him as hard as we can as a team to, for him to go win because mm-hmm. that's, it's, it's his time. Yeah. So my, uh, my uh, observations of him on the star bike is that it looks like he's trying less hard, you know, like I think he had to make up for things on the Geico bike and now he's got obviously the most powerful bike on the track. And I think he can concentrate on other things now. It, it just looks like he's so relaxed and calm and flowing right now. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't, not to take anything away from the Geico bike. I mean, the Geico bikes obviously <laughs> was a great bike. It's won lots of championships. Um, yeah. So I think when it comes down to why he's more comfortable is it comes down to having a program. Mm-hmm. Um, waking up, knowing what he's supposed to do that day. Um, not going, oh man, what am I going to do today? Uh, having a meal program making sure he's eating properly, knows when he's supposed to be at the gym. Um, so I think that's what he's always lacked is structure. Not so mm-hmm. much bike. Um, yeah, could it be a little bit of bike? He's a bigger guy. Obviously, the more powerful the bike, the better. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's going to be a little less effort riding. He already rides effortless. I don't know how it could be less. Um, so I think majority of what he's lacked over his career is a structure mm-hmm. um, and a program like ours that's not going to put up with anything not going to tell him hey it was okay today no we're going to tell him look you got to do this and you got to do this otherwise the bike's getting loaded upstairs and you're going to watch the race you know yeah. we're that's how we do things and, and most riders have been on our team will tell you yeah we're not a sugar-coated race team we're going to tell you shoot it straight and we're going to make you a better and we're going to make you a champion mm-hmm. and i think that we proved we can do it yeah who's uh who's faster in the whoops christian or mookie you know, there's days that uh, there's days that are the same, and there's days that Christian's faster, and there's days that Malcolm's faster. Uh, there's never been a set day that I think maybe in one moto Christian passed him in the whoops, and then one moto Malcolm flew right by him in the whoops. So um, it's funny when they get by each other on the track. You can tell when it gets to the whoop section, they're both going, "All right, I'm going to show you I'm the best," and then the other one's going, "No, no, I'm the best." So yeah. it's good. It's actually pushing both of them. Because, you know, if you think about it, they are probably two of the best guys in the whoop. So um, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. You know, it's funny about Malcolm is he, he's told me like multiple times that he hates the whoops. <laughs> he's scared of them. And I'm all, dude, you're like the best guy in the whoops. No, nah, I hate him. He just says he that he goes so fast in them because he gets through them, you know. He's so <laughs> scared of them when he enters and he wants to get through them faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, going into H1, uh Man, I, as far as I know, all three are got well. Dylan obviously is coming off the hand injury. Uh, thank goodness that that was not worse. I mean, that video, that crash was pretty horrific. But uh, all three guys are pretty solid. I think. Uh, what would you be happy with leaving Houston one? I would. I would be beyond happy if all three of my guys were top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, I would love to say all three in the top five. Like I said earlier, you write down the list and you're. It's pretty no, gnarly. So. Yeah. Leaving there, all three of my guys top 10, that's pretty tremendous. Um, yeah, Aaron and Malcolm have put in a lot of time. 
Um, they've luckily had a very, very good off season. Mm-hmm. Dylan, unfortunately, had the crash. He's been back on the bike for a total of eight days leading into Houston. So, of course, it's going to be a little bit for him. You know, he was trying to cram three months of testing in eight days, so he didn't get to do a bunch of riding. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, he's a racer. I think that when the gate drops, doesn't matter how many laps he got in the offseason, he's going to he'll come off the track dying if he has to to mm-hmm. to make you know to finish strong so um we all know that he's got heart and he's going to give it everything he has so like yeah if i leave out of there and and i'm eight nine ten three five eight or whatever it may be if if i got three guys in the top 10 i'm going to be uh, very happy and that's something to build off of you know yeah absolutely uh thoughts about uh the supercross schedule this year you know like i like it salt lake was uh Certainly strange because it was our first experience with it. But after Salt Lake, a lot of people said, hey, we like this getting three out of the way in, you know, eight days. Uh, Did you share those sentiments? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, there's lots of reasons. Who wants to go set up and tear down our tent every Saturday? (laughs) And, you know, it it feels a lot more rewarding setting that whole thing up and knowing, okay, it's set up for nine days. And uh, so that's better. Um, You know, less travel. less practice days which allows for less chance of injury um Mm -hmm. you know in these unprecedented times we're in getting three races done in a week is awesome because we never know if we're going to be able to race the next week um so when we was brought to our attention hey we may be able to do you know saturday tuesday saturday in one location there wasn't i believe i don't believe one person one manufacturer one manager anything that that said no to it um Mm. so it was definitely something that we were all excited about what is the disadvantage of this type of schedule? Like, say, you get the H1 and Malcolm says, we're way off with my suspension from what we thought. You know, how do you test in between races? Well, luckily, we're pretty prepared for that. Um, we sent six bikes on the semi, so three race bikes, three practice bikes. Um, we have locations to go ride if needed. We've already got a track rented for the Thursday after H2. Mm-hmm. That was our planned day ride, uh, ride day. But we're prepared if we have to go Sunday, Monday. You know, like you said, if we go there and we're so far off, we're prepared. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely thought about that to consideration. The downside of the three races in one week, I think a lot of people have already touched on it, is, yeah, H1, somebody tweaks an ankle. You don't have the week to yeah. not ride and, you know, get it good enough to go race. you got two days. so So the tweaked ankle or the sore shoulder or something like that it's going to be a little harder on somebody so really i think keeping mental focus and and i think the key of this championship is going to be making all the races Mm -hmm. lots of factors play into that covid testing so it could be not even an injury it could be catching covid and that's out of anybody's control so um you know being that we're tested once a week uh it's a scary thing you know luckily i sent all aaron malcolm and dylan are in houston now and they got their supercross rapid tests today and they're all negative so mm-hmm. um luckily we're good to go for the first two races um and uh we just pray and hope that everything goes smooth for the rest yeah do you are you in houston now or when do you leave i'm at home i fly out tomorrow morning okay awesome yeah. I sent my riders first because if they couldn't race, there was no reason for us to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, hey, Jeremy, I, uh, I'm super stoked for you and your position, and uh, I know that you're going to do great things at that team. And uh, thanks for the time tonight. And uh, 
looking forward to seeing you in what like three days in houston yep. sounds good don thank you you're gonna, you. gonna pack your cowboy boots always cowboy <laughs> boots cowboy hat belt buckle i'm ready to go awesome yeehaw <laughs> all, all right. right talk to you next See time you, thank you bye hey everyone don moetta here over the past 20 years i've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes when it comes to choosing a great wheel set my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next cleaning air filters or changing oil, tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out.